you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't like it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? When in the SEC, Probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good, Shane. What you drinking on this episode? Oh, buddy, I went to town. <laughs> <laughs> Loaded up the wagon. I didn't go to like... There's like phase two cities, you know, it's not quite Knoxville, but Morristown. I don't know if you're familiar. Well, I know you are, Mm -hmm. but yeah, bigger town, bigger store, went to the Ingalls where the rich people shop, went back there and, uh, I, I, I found these colorful cans. The, this one I'm going with today, it's called Sierra Nevada, hazy little thing, IPA and uh, cool looking little can. It looks like it's family owned. I, I love their can. It says family owned, operated, and argued over. So, uh, <laughs> 6.7 alcohol. So that's what I'm going with today. Mm, man, that sounds delicious. So that's going to hold you over because we don't have a ton of talk about. We do have a couple of teams to hit on. And Shane, he's going to need some of that liquid courage because he's got a, a new idea for the show. We're going to test it out. Please let us know. I think uh, the listeners are really going to appreciate this segment, but... Before we get to all that shade, I, when we don't have a ton of news, we got to get creative here. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pose a, a question to you. Okay. And I'm trying to make this as interesting as I can. So obviously we got 14 teams in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I want your thoughts. We'll let you go second if you want, if you need time okay. to think about it. But which SEC head coach the most likely to not be in the SEC next season, and it could be for any reason. And one other caveat here, you cannot say Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, and you cannot say Will Muschamp at South Carolina, just because I think those are a little too obvious. Those guys are on the hottest of hot seats in the SEC. So I guess what I'm really asking, are the other 12, which head coach could you see not coaching in the SEC next year. Would you like to go first, or do you, or you want to hear my thoughts on it? Mike, I've already got one on the top of my head. Is that, is that a saying, or did I yeah. just make that one? Is it top of your tongue? <laughs> I don't know. I'm never good with those metaphors. But anyway, he's up there rattling around. I'm going with head ball coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, Mark 
Stoops. Mm. Mm. I think this is a big year for the Kentucky, the Big Blue Nation, and I think some money's going to be coming out next year, and somebody is going to reel him from Lexington. I like that you went there, Shane. I was hoping you went a different direction. I was hoping, you know, you didn't just say, well, Coach X, he sucks. He's going to get fired. Because I think, Who? Oh, Coach. you know, okay, just any any you. of them. But I feel like that's kind of the natural response most people have. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, he's got mm-hmm. a good job at Kentucky. But, you know, if he puts together another outstanding season, I don't know, you know, insert school name, maybe a USC or somebody could certainly come calling for Coach Stoops. So I could certainly see that. I think that's a really good pick. Not saying it's going to happen, but my pick is similar to yours, Shane. And some other coaches come to mind because, the man, the expectations are so high in Athens right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kirby Smart's in any danger. But I think if they have a – there's a chance that the Bulldogs disappoint this year. And I know that's just going to piss all those fans off. They think I'm <laughs> I'm out on them already. Even though I've been saying all year they're only going to lose one game. But what happens if they drop a couple? I think Kirby's seat starts to heat up a little. He's not my answer. But another one that is, I think, in a little bit more danger, and we've been seeing this during camp, Jimbo Fisher. Now he's got that massive contract. He can walk away from it and not owe the Aggies anything. So would he really walk away from all that money? I don't know how hot his, what value he could command if he left, but Mm -hmm. he's one to watch. But the one that I really got my eye on, and this will. It's a hell of a buildup, Mark. I'm just saying, (laughs) I mean, we're almost around the league. I'm about to narrow this thing down. (laughs) What I've got my eye on, that maybe this will get me back in the good graces of Georgia dog nation here, but. I think the prime candidate is Dan Mullen because his entire, basically his entire tenure there at Mississippi State, for whatever reason, those fans didn't want to believe it. But this man was trying to get a job basically every offseason to leave there. Now he's at more of a destination school, to be sure. I'm not saying there's many jobs better than the Florida Gators. So I don't necessarily think that He's going to just be jumping at any any and all jobs because he's got one of the best ones, not only in the SEC, but in the nation. But if they do as well as I anticipate they're going to do this year in Florida, I think the anticipation is going to heat up for Coach Dan Mullen to once again be rumored to get an NFL job. What are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't even think an NFL, Mike, you know, because when I thought – when I think Mark, I don't think Mark in the NFL. I, mm-hmm. I see him as potential a potential coach at a at, at a bigger school. Not and again, not saying that Kentucky's not a bad place. Kentucky's, I mean, he's one of the highest paid coaches in the entire country. But you know, there are some prestige jobs out there. I mean, you just talked about Jimbo down there in Texas A and M. I mean, what happens if if 
if the wheels completely fall, I mean, we got players walking out of Texas, you know, right. what happens if the wheels fall off down there and they decide to go somewhere or one of these big positions open up, maybe, uh, uh, what's his name up there? Oh, khakis at Michigan says, you know what the hell with the college football, I'm getting back in the NFL with my brother, mm-hmm. you know, and then now Michigan's sitting there open. So the, I think there's going to be some big job openings at some point. And that's why I was kind of leaning more toward Mark because I think Kentucky's going to have a great season this year. Mm-hmm. And you know when you're when you look at it, uh, I mean that's the resume you want somebody that can take a, a team like the Wildcats and make them into a powerhouse. So um, I'm with you. I like the Dan Mullen because I wasn't thinking about the NFL. And if you remember that Dallas job, man, there was a lot of rumors when it popped open. So right. it wouldn't surprise me if he if if that's his end goal because. Face it, man. Uh, we've listened to some of these coaches in the in college football. We've listened to some of them in the NFL. The NFL, a lot of the great coaches that are there just don't want to deal with the kids mm-hmm. and the, that aspect of it. I mean, going to high schools and trying to convince a 17, a 16-year-old that this is the place you want to go at up hours of the night texting and tweeting and making sure, you know, I mean, there's a lot that goes into being a, a, a an outstanding recruiter in, in the SEC. So does maybe he doesn't have that drive. Not saying he doesn't, but – if a door opens up and says, hey, you can make just as much money here and you don't have to do all that extra stuff, you just focus on your craft. And if you don't like a player, you can get them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could actually pick and choose what you want. So I don't know, man. That's interesting. And that's, also, that's, I if, can see if that. you look at these lists, you know, with, with um, you know, SEC programs with the most players in the NFL, mm-hmm. Mississippi State, they're not at the very top. But they're, I think they're like fourth or fifth right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a complete credit to the job that Dan Mullen and his staff did when they were down there because yeah. they were recruiting. Not Like you said, they, I think it's overstated that he's like this god-awful recruiter. He's a, good, he's a very good recruiter. Now, I'd put it more as he's a good recruiter and he's an elite developer. And, you know, at Mississippi State, they were just never – Hell, they never even sniffed a top 10 recruiting class, but I don't think anyone ever has. So that that's not a knock on him, but they were developing year in and year out a lot of really good players and a lot of players that are still in the NFL to this day. So yeah, I think the NFL is going to look at that. And, and you kind of hit on another point that, you know, if you're going up against these damn Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and uh, Lane Kiffin and, and Jeremy Pruitt, these guys that live and breathe this recruiting stuff, I think mm-hmm. there might be something to say to Dan Mullen. Maybe he's not in that category. You know, you've heard that most famously A.J. Brown, Starkville receiver, said that yeah. you know, he, he always calls out Dan, Dan Mullen for not showing him enough attention. This is a damn local kid that – was a top, yeah. you know, 50 prospect overall. So there might be something to be said for that. If he goes to the NFL, gets to focus on the quarterback position like we know he likes to do, doesn't have to yeah. deal with that recruiting. So there we go. I've got <laughs> Georgia fans been pissed at me all offseason. Now I'm <laughs> pissing off Florida fans. But, hey, the only way that happens is, you know, you win the SEC, maybe win the national championship. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. Would you? How about that? Let me ask you that real quick, Shane. If I were to tell you, insert any year, you're going to lose Jeremy Pruitt, 
but he's going to deliver you a national championship. I think you take that trade just about every time, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like that whole Urban Meyer fiasco down there. Mm-hmm. You know, we all made fun of it and, and it picked apart, but every program, maybe other than like Alabama and Auburn, maybe LSU, you know, some of these guys that recently won a national championship, they would say, yeah, I'd take it. You know, <laughs> I'll take him down here for a couple of years. Yeah, he may wreck the program. He may pull a, you know, a, a you know, insert like what's like the Liberty coach? Uh, what's his name? Hugh, or, Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Hugh Freeze. You know, not saying that Hugh Freeze is the one, but I, I would you take that? Would you take something and win an Addy or or you know have a couple of great ten win, eleven win seasons? And, and would you substitute? Well, let's just forget the wins. Would you take a Natty to have three or four years of just shit football? I would. Mm-hmm. I would because I've had shit football, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you ain't getting no Natty for it. That's right. I didn't get no Natty weight once since 98, you know. So there's some of these programs that haven't won SEC championship ever. You know, you don't think they wouldn't take it. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there, man. Uh, let me ask you, though, because since probably the listeners didn't expect us to go this way, we were supposed to be firing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um how many wins would Mark need to have out of 10? And how many wins would Dan need to have this year out of 10 to get an NFL job for him and get a, another college job for Mark? Well, I think, you know, Dan Mullen's basically almost proven enough, you know. So the way I look at it, maybe eight or nine, because mm-hmm. that'll put him in contention for Atlanta and if you make it to Atlanta and win that game, you're going to the college football playoff. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for the Gators. Now for, for Coach Stoops, you know, it's it's so interesting because I've even seen Kentucky media people saying, well, hell, 5-5, five and five, that's a good record. You know, like, and maybe there's a point to that with just because we're in a 10-game SEC schedule, but I think for him to really get some good buzz, maybe 8-3, and three, which okay. I think is that's going to be tough because mm-hmm. obviously they play Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, among many others. But hell, I think you know they're not going to win all those games certainly. But I think if, if you're if you're putting a gun to my head and saying they if they lose all these games we're going to pull this trigger, I'll be like, no, sir, because I <laughs> I think they can win one at least one of yeah. those games. You know what? Yeah, no, man. I, of course, you saw what I put out earlier. The SEC, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, put out there the the championships, talking about you know who has the 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 recipe. Oh, the recipe. Yeah, the recipe for championships. And they had this year. They had Florida. They had Alabama and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's a lot of people recognizing what they have up there, and uh, you can't sleep on them for sure. But I think if Mark gets eight wins, and that's that's a tall glass of water, man. That's that's some good freaking football right there. If he gets eight wins, there's going to be big programs coming to him. There's going to be somebody asking him to switch, and whether he does it or not. Uh, it, 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 I think he's still got to have a great season to get some of those those bigger dogs, you know, the ones with all that money, uh, uh, you know, insert Texas, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, those type of teams. Um, I still think it's going to be eight to nine victories before they come calling, but or 
get a pretty eight there at the end. You know, it just depends how hot you are in, in November, December there. So I don't know. Uh, but I, I want to flip it because I don't want to just be totally positive. And, oh, wait, wait, and before you do that, real quick. Yeah. I this, I, this just came to my mind. Dan Mullen goes to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mark Stoops takes over the Gators. <laughs> just added, <laughs> added something to that uh, that rivalry there. But no. Oh, that be yeah. No, I I want I want to flip flip the script just a minute. Okay, so we talked about coaches leaving because they're doing great. Now that's there's going to be play, there's going to be fans out there mad that they're losing their coach, but there's going to be a lot of them happy that they they got the wins. But if you had to pick a coach other than what were the two we can't pick, Vandy and uh, who was the other Will one? Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp. <laughs> Poor South Carolina. <laughs> if if can't pick one of those two, which one's getting fired? Hmm. I mean, I got to go with the man that's always on the hot seat down there. Gus Gush. Miles. I knew it. <laughs> oh, Gus, man. Things that... fall apart quick on him. You know, if this Chad Morris hire blows up in his face. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't really think that's going to happen. So I, I wouldn't bet. I certainly wouldn't bet on that. But. If someone's getting fired in the SEC, the easy answer is Will Muschamp. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Well, I mean, Derek Mason, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we took them off the board. But I, I think that he's – they they have to win. A, I don't think they're going to win a game, man. I, I really don't. You start the freshman quarterback, it's just, ugh, you know. I mean, and it's not like you – you can really overlook any team this Saturday. So it's not like when they get Vanderbilt, anybody's overlooking it. It's not like you're playing, you know, Georgia State. You know what I'm saying? It's just this is uh, every Saturday you could lose. So I don't know. I, I I just don't I don't see Vandy winning a game. So fortunately, I don't see Mason sticking around. But maybe that's what they want. I mean, they got a new athletic director down there. You never know. Uh, Crazier things have happened. I mean, hell, Vandy could come out and win three or four games, and then we're saying, well, Mason got him another year, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, hey, we're trying out a new segment on this episode. Shane came up with this. He even fixed us up. Uh, Yeah, uh, before we go there, Mike, uh before we go there, we can't rule out Nick Saban retiring either. So, oh right, yeah, right. of course. <laughs> Saban wins a natty, and they decide to just run out to the sunset. You know, just go get on his pontoon and go. <laughs> hey Shay, well before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by my bookie, the online sports book. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. All new customers receive a hundred percent deposit match up to a thousand dollars. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code that SEC, that's T H A T S E C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. And we got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some, some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code that SEC. 
All right, so hey, we're moving on to what are we calling this thing, Shane? The Shane's Big Three, right? Cousin Shane's Big Three. Yeah, that's right. So Shane came up with a new idea. Give us, uh, you know, some new new energy, some new buzz on this show. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners about uh, Shane's cousin Shane's Big Three? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I I really enjoy NFL football as well, and um, a big fantasy. I, I love fantasy football. I, I, I've I, I recruit a lot of SEC players to my team, and I'm watching the games this Sunday and uh, actually all weekend. And uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of players standing out, and I'm like, you know what? We should do a segment that that honors the best SEC players each weekend. So this one we're gonna call Cousin Shane's Big Three. Cousin Shane's Big Three. It all deep ball. Metcalf got it. Touchdown, Seattle. Second down and three. Big hole. Edwards Alaire will take it to the end zone. Clock is at one. They do. Off they go. Catches make it the first and a lot more. Julio Jones out in front. He's gonna go all the way. Touchdown. Throws. Intercepted. It's picked off by Mika Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick is gonna go. All right, Shane, that was pretty awesome. So thanks for working that up. <laughs> Give us a taste here. What's the big three? What's it all about? All right. So the big three, big SEC players that had a great weekend. There was a ton, Mike. There was a ton. There was everything from Thursday with uh, with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game till Monday night football with Tennessee Titans and uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, my Steelers even won. So it was a fantastic weekend. But I'd like to honor – a couple of the players and uh, I do have some honorable mentions. So I want to mention a few of these guys. The first one, do you remember a man named Alden Smith? Mm-hmm, of course, Missouri. Yeah. It's been about five years since he's played NFL. Mike, he comes in, uh, unfortunately didn't win the game, but on his first game back in almost five years, he had 11 tackles, one sack, two QB pressures, one tackle for loss. And uh, on top of that, completely sober. So I think this is a big thing for Alden. Uh, you know, he got his life together, got his life in order. And can you imagine stepping away from from the NFL for five years and then just walking in like you own the freaking place? I just thought that was huge. So honorable mention, Alden Smith from the Cowboys. Yeah, from what I recall, when he was playing with the, what was the Niners, mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of the best young players in the NFL. So. Absolutely. It was, you know, borderline tragic to see his career derailed, but happy to see him back on the field. Yeah, me too, man. And another honorable mention I've got, I have to mention, is uh, from Florida, C.J. Henderson. Mm. Now, rookie, it's it's hard to make an impact as a rookie in the NFL. And the first game, here he pulls 
helps pull them off the, the, the upset there at Jacksonville. He has three breakups and an interception. I mean, this kid was all over the place. He looks like a seasoned vet. Henderson Island is legit. I'm giving the honorable mention to CJ. And I remember when he got drafted in the top 10, a lot of people mocked that. So, well, hell, they're wasting that pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, Philip Rivers is going to name his 18th kid after him. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But. Those guys did great. These guys did better, Mike. So number three on Thursday, I got to give it to my boy, the Clydesdale. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 25 carries, 138 yards, mm. one touchdown against the Texans. The kid was all over the place. It was very impressive, man. I, I was worried because I thought he was going to – they were kind of going to work him in, maybe a third down roll, something like that. And no, man, the coach said, not so fast, my friend. He put him out there nonstop, three down back. Uh, you know, he didn't get all those goal line – you know, he wasn't able to get all those goal line carries into the end zone, but it's something he can work on. The kid looks like he belongs. So uh, I was happy to see CH uh, out there. Yeah, and I think I saw a stat. I don't know if this this was before the Monday games, but I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire had more yards after contact than the rest of the NFL has rushing at this point. So, I mean, my God, he's, he's already beast mode. It's early, but, man, the spotlight was on him. But the next two uh, actually going to come from the same school, Mike. Can you guess the school? Tennessee. No. <laughs> I wish. But, no, these boys come from Alabama. Mm. Number two, I've got – and you actually could have went with any receiver on this team. You could have went with Julio Jones. He had a hell of a game. But I'm going with Calvin Ridley. And the reason is Calvin had nine catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. The guy was all over the place. Unfortunately, they weren't able to win this game, but it wasn't because of the lack of effort from Mr. Ridley. I'm telling you, this kid is special. This is, I, you know, Julio's great. Don't get me wrong. Julio also had a fantastic game, but you talk about a dynamic duo, those two around. I mean, that, that's some of the best freak athletes I've ever seen. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it, it seems like a familiar story down there, though. Alabama receiver tears it up. Falcons lose. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, man. And I was, I'll tell you, man, I was going against uh, uh, Ryan there at the uh, uh, quarterback. And, and it was just, a, there was a lot of garbage time. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it was just, if he could figure out that he's got the two, one of the two best receivers in the National Football League, and and they could do something a little bit on defense, Atlanta could be special. But I just don't think it's in their DNA, Mike. <laughs> but they are good for fantasy. <laughs> but needless to say, number one, also from the University of Alabama, I've got Joshua Jacobs. Did you watch the Raiders? Uh, <laughs> no, I did not. No. Oh, dude, it was a great game against Carolina. Gruden was excited the entire time. Uh, but the main reason was because Jacobs, his, uh, you know, a lot of people questioned this pick. I don't know if you remember when he was drafted. There's a lot of people that was skeptical about uh, Jacobs. Jacobs did fantastic last year. He's he's off to a I mean, tremendous start this year. Mm -hmm. He had 25 carries for 93 yards, four catches for 46 yards, and three touchdown so 139 yards total 
uh, Jacobs was all over the place. You just could not slow him down. Mm, yeah, I mean, my God, you can't go wrong with these Alabama guys. Like you said, you could basically throw a dart at an NFL team. They've probably got a star player from Alabama on Did- it. Didn't even start for Bama. How about that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> He's already the number one uh, running back in the league right now. So, uh, so that's that's the segment, Mike. I just wanted to highlight a couple college players in the NFL. I mean, that's that's their end goal. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how good they're doing while they're there. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the segment. If you didn't, feel free to let me know so we can delete it immediately. <laughs> Well, hey, Shane, like I said, we only got two teams to hit on, so you ready to do a little short version here of Around the League? Let's do it! Now let's go Around the League! My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald, so uh, (laughs) so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, Shane, got to start here in Baton Rouge where Coach O met with the media on Tuesday. And, man, he caused some headlines here because he said just about all. Everybody got it. (laughs) Basically, everybody down there has got the COVID. Not currently, thank God, but I guess just during the off season, and he notes that you know if you get if you test positive, once you come off quarantine and isolation and all that, you're good, you're supposedly good for ninety days. You don't got to be tested again. So you know it's pretty interesting. A lot of people saw this headline, and you know they're quick to react. I even saw one reporter saying, "Oh my God, this is you know this is a terrible." giving this information out there. This is bad information, but he very clearly says here, you know, they're trying to keep players that don't have it or have never had it away from getting it. It's not like they're infecting guys down there in LSU. They're doing everything they can. Um, Unfortunately, from what I understand, Louisiana has just been hit hard by this thing. So you had to know it was going to affect the team, but you know, Mm -hmm. it was pretty insightful just him getting uh, on the record about this. And, you know, while everyone jumped overboard with all those comments, I thought kind of the most interesting comment Coach O had on Tuesday, man, he's fired up about this defense. And that's kind of what we've been talking about here in recent weeks with, yeah, LSU's lost all these players. You know, my God, are they, are they going to be able to field a team? Well, remember last year the defense wasn't worth anything until about November. So right. what's this LSU team going to look like if they come out the gates with a much more physical defense that lets the lineman attack the, the edge and, and get to the quarterback like Coach O loves to do. It seems like he's just in love with Bo Pelini down there. I know Coach O ain't married anymore, so <laughs> he might be in love with Bo Pelini down there with this defense. And then he also uh, talks about, you know, they're leaving the door open for Tyler Shelvin to make a return. It's not anything official by any means, but there's speculation that uh, – you know, he's 
like we, we hinted at, I believe, on the last episode, Shelvin's leaving the door open, and Coach O's cracked that bad boy wide open for him. So, like, last year, the strength of the team that seemed to be coming out was talking about how the offense was winning a lot of the battles during the preseason scrimmages. Is there outside of the ball that's kind of standing out so far for the first two? You know, the, the first scrimmage, it was defense. The defense was, was dominating. The second scrimmage, it was offense, which makes the head coach happy. It doesn't make the defensive coaches happy or offensive coaches happy, but it makes the head coach happy that, that the offense is it, it, been even, to be honest with you. But I, I will say this to you. We are so much better on defense right now than any part of the season last year. I feel with uh, Bo Pelini has come in, he's brought a new energy, a new excitement. Uh, the 4-3, Dave Aranda did a tremendous job for us, but I'm just glad that we moved to the 4-3. We're more of an attacking style of defense. Uh, we're using our personnel, and Bo has done a tremendous job for us. Hey, and obviously you got the great news about Neil Farrell this week, but also, um, you know, there was all the other news that Tyler Shelton's at least considering it. I'm just curious, where's that at, and what yeah. are the hurdles, if there are any there? Yeah. You know, we hear rumblings. Uh, uh, his family has called me, and I know people are talking to him. I have not spoken to Tyler. I think some of his teammates are talking to him, but there's not been a decision yet. He had The only time to make a decision is to call me, and uh, we take him back, obviously, and we want him back. Uh, I don't know where he's at in his mind. Uh, if he doesn't want to come back, obviously uh, we wish him the best. If he wants to come back, like any member of our family, we'll take him back. When, when a player gets hurt on, on, you know, you pretty much know an injury report, how long he's going to be out. But on, on COVID, <laughs> this stuff kind of pops up unexpectedly. I mean, tell me about the process y'all go through of when you get a report or whatever yeah. and, and like the adjustments you have to make because it seems like it's something like almost every day that you got yeah. in the back of your mind, you got to adjust. Yes, yes. And that's why I told the team we need everybody. There's no telling what's going to happen with the COVID. I think that uh, we've got a good handle of it. But once a kid gets it, the next man got to go up. And, you know, uh, Mickey comes tell me, Jack comes tell me, this, this person tested positive. This person's going to be quarantined. They give me the number of days, and we got to make adjustments. Look, two weeks ago, we had. Everybody on the offensive line except two or three guys were out. Uh, we couldn't go any team. Uh, we adjusted very well, and we've got to make adjustments. But I think most of, uh, not all of our players, but most of our players have caught it. So I think that uh, hopefully they don't catch it again, and hopefully they're not for games, you know. Um, two, two quick ones. One on, on Farrell coming back. I just wonder if you can comment on his potential readiness for the opener because it's basically got, what, two weeks to get ready. And then could you clarify something you had just said when you said most of our players had caught it? Yeah. Could you specify, like, yeah. do you know antibody tests from before they arrived, or is it something yeah. that's just well, Yeah, uh, it's been a process, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to say all of them, but, you know, some players have caught it, and uh, I'm, I don't know the percentage, but uh, yeah, hopefully that once you catch it, you don't get it again. Now, I'm not a doctor, you know what I'm saying? I think they got that 90-day window, so uh, most of the players that have caught it, uh, we feel that they're going to be eligible for games. So we we look at the players that have caught it, and we say, okay, this guy should be eligible for game. We look at the players that haven't caught it. We talk to them about being very, very careful, so they're eligible for games. But we know that the players that haven't caught it, we have to have some backups in their position ready in case they catch it. Uh, so we, we, we're looking at our roster in, in that manner, okay? Neil Farrell coming back, uh, we... I heard he wanted to come back, just like any member of our family will take him back. He had legitimate reasons. This was family reasons. Uh, he felt that his grandma was uh, 
was safe and that he could come back and he could concentrate on football and school. So we let him back. All right, Chad. So from um, everything Coach O had to say here, what stood out to you the most? That uh, Dave Aranda can kiss his ass, his Cajun <laughs> ass, Mike. <laughs> Did you not pick that up? I mean, when he's saying it, then he's like, oh, God, I got to tell him how good he is right. there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I like, forgot I'm not hanging out with my boys. <laughs> so that's the first thing. So I, I, I'm – I'm even more excited about the defense now, uh, just because if you remember, Coach O was giddy about the offense last year, and look what they put on the field. So if he's giddy about the defense, just imagine the damn pressure they're going to have up front. So that's what really stood out to me. The fact that some of these players are coming back is is helping as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 pumped up for some LSU uh, football, man. Yeah, and I mean, we all know about Stingley. A lot of people think he's the best player in college football. Jacoby Stevens, I mean, he's a hell of a player. They got uh, some outstanding freshmen and B.J. Ojalari, Philip Webb, and then everyone's talking up this Jabril Cox from North Dakota State. I mean, they may have elite players at every level of this defense, and they've got depth too, particularly on that defensive front. I think that's why they wanted to go to this 4-3. So, yeah, the more I talk about it, the more fired up, I get about this LSU team. It's it's just too bad. There's been a couple players, obviously, that opted out, but you know that's their own decision to make. But they, had, I think, hell, I think LSU's still in the running to win the West with <laughs> with with those guys opting out. But I really would have liked their chances a little bit more with those, some of those players in there. But man, yeah. I think LSU's even though they just won the damn national championship, they're probably one of the teams that intrigues me the most heading into this year. <laughs> All right, uh, final stop here around the league, Shane. Let's kick it on down to Knoxville. Well, hey, we got some good news. You know, there's been lots of speculation. Darrell mm-hmm. Middleton, the uh, senior defensive lineman, that he may not play this season. Yeah, well, he put that to rest right before we hopped on here. He was asked, I think by just a fan online, I think it was, but he was asked, you know, are you opting out? And he made it very clear, no, I am not with, let me count them here, seven exclamation points. <laughs> nice. All right, baby. Yeah, we have seen, hell, we saw Jabbar Chase say, we want to play, and then turn around, and we all know how that went out. So, Hey, don't put that evil on me. <laughs> I'm just saying, we've seen guys kind of come back around no, on it. But, I mean, this is a hell of news because, uh, I mean, this has been speculated for weeks here, and with uh, Emmett Gooden no longer on the roster, you know, Tennessee's depth on that defensive line was uh, still very solid. But, you know, we keep hammering th- this home. I mean, the teams that are going to have the best year in the SEC are going to be the teams with the depth, particularly mm-hmm. on the line of scrimmage. And Tennessee, you know, they're right up there, offense, defensive line, with all the experience and, and depth they got coming back. So I just think this is great news for the Vols. Now, anybody ask Solomon? Yeah, that was another one that was. Well, see, I mean, that, that that I bet that same user has probably posed that yeah. question. <laughs> okay. Still waiting for a response from uh, Aubrey Solomon, but just you know, it's just my burner account, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, he wasn't the only uh, lineman to kind of come out here and talk because Trey Smith, the preseason All-American, the best player on Tennessee's roster. He met with the media as well on Tuesday. And, you know, we talk all about 
Jarrett Garantano and him being in the second year under Jim Chaney and what that's going to do for him. I think sometimes you overlook the fact that it's the second year for the offensive line and what that could do for them because, you know, while we've been hyping up Tennessee's offensive line, outside of Trey Smith, they weren't really that good last year. Now, that was a mix of having to play two freshman tackles. I mean, I don't wish that on anybody, but now those guys are back. Everybody that played is back. Brandon Kennedy's back. I mean, they've got the pieces. So now they're going into another season with the same offensive line coach, the same offensive coordinator, all the same players. So Trey Smith kind of talks that up, and then he's going to preach to Vol Nation here about uh, Cade Mays not getting his waiver until, uh, as of this recording, hopefully he gets it sooner or later. But Trey Smith shared his thoughts on that one. Just, I know chemistry has been an issue with so many guys missing, but how much of a benefit is it for you personally? How much easier is it to have be playing with the same offensive coordinator for the first time in a while for you know two consecutive years? Uh, I think it makes a, a huge difference. I know I was thinking about certain things like after the year, you know, I'm picking up on the way certain things play out and just thinking about not having to really think in depth when I'm actually playing. And sometimes I can play naturally and just do things without even, you know, fully thinking it out. It sounds weird just to say that, but it's, it's really the first time it's weird. It's the first time I've had that happen since like high school. So my relationship with coach Chaney is really good. Uh, I trust him. I understand the plays, uh, what he's trying to accomplish. And I think as a team and as a unit, it's just going to help us out even more having that consistency, especially for Jared, you know, just having that consistent offense that he can work on, develop. You know, it's going to be great for our unit. It's going to be great for our team. I'm very excited about where we're going, where we're headed. Hey, Trey, a couple things. Uh, first of all, how much more are you getting to, to practice? You mentioned this being a weird preseason for you. Are you getting to practice more than you did uh, all last season? I think you only went through – through two or three. And second question, I know you were obviously excited to play with Kate uh, going into this season. How has how that sort of process, uh, has it been frustrating for you uh, just to see him go through that and kind of where, uh, where, is, where is your kind of stance on, on, on that situation? Yeah, so in terms of me being able to practice, I've been practicing a lot more this year. Obviously, I think last year, I practiced only two times the entire year, full pad practice. And that was one of those actually counted for the bowl game, uh, you know, in Jacksonville. So I've been able to practice a lot more full pad. Uh, obviously, with my position, that does nothing but helps you out, you know. So I'd say I'm a lot further than I was around this time last year um, in terms of my skill and my development. So I've been very thankful and thanking God for that. Uh, in terms of Cade, man, uh, you know, I always wanted to play with Cade since high school. Uh, I remember talking about Mr. Football, different things like that, following each other over the years, you know, staying connected. Um, and then finally we get to the point where he, he came back home. He's at Tennessee. We're going to play with each other. And then, you know, see a decision that's basically trying to shoot down the hard work and discredit this kid who at the end of the day, I mean, he's coming to work every day. He's busting his butt. He's going to practice. I mean, the people who are making these decisions are just sitting in the meeting room, just drinking coffee and just looking at paper. You know, so it's really asinine to say the least, man. We're talking about a season where eligibility doesn't even matter. You're not going to clear this kid. So at the end of the day, man, um, we can only focus on what we can focus. We can control the controllables that we can control. Um, you know, the people eating in meeting rooms and wearing suits and walking around all day don't want to clear this kid who's busting his butt, bleeding, sweating, getting hit on the field consistently. Uh, you know, that's their choice and that's their, that's their option, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, do right by a kid who's working hard, working his butt off and trying to be great. You know, that's, that's how I look at it. 
All right, Shane, so I mean, Trey Smith just uh, said exactly what we're all thinking here. Let free Cade Mays, huh? Well, I thought it was kind of eerily similar to what I said yesterday. I, I was imagining a round table with these guys, you know, I didn't say business garb, you know, but, but I could see that, you know, drinking coffee and just they're, they're making decisions for kids that will not affect them one way or other. I mean, for, for instance, if there's some dude at the, at the NCAA is looking at this and he's got his file Cade's file there and he says yes or no, the guy that makes that decision, there's no repercussion. There's there there's nothing that goes back on that guy for dictating what happens with Cade and his future. Now, if Cade doesn't play, that could impact his future. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a good chance Cade. It, let's say this thing doesn't go through. There's a good chance Cade may try his chance with the NFL draft. And it, you know, there's a big difference in a a third round pick and a sixth round pick. You know, there's a ton of money left on the board. So this is a huge decision. And I just I, I just hate that we don't have clarity. You know, with these appeals or even why it was denied i don't know if they go in in detail you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. uh these are some strong words uh from fr- you know from trey i admire trey tremendously and uh and i i just think that you know they should do the right thing they should i mean we're talking about a year of no eligibility just let the kids play yeah i mean i can't say it any better than that that's kind of what we're all harping and it's obviously not just trey smith it's joey gatewood it's otis reese it's you know, yeah. every, all these players that are sitting here waiting for a waiver, here we are a week and a half from the start of the season, they're still waiting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is uh, – even Mark Stoop said on Monday night, I mean, hell, we're getting to the point where we're affecting reps in practice. It just should never get to this point. It really shouldn't. No, it really shouldn't. All right, Shane, so that's, uh, that's all I got on this one. You got anything before we hop off here? Well, Mike, I would like to rake – rate the uh hazy little thing ipa from sierra nevada actually it's from california you know they don't have football but they have a pretty good beer mike and (laughs) this one was good man it went down smooth and i don't know if it's because i'm getting used to this fancy beer or not but uh this one went down really good so if you are looking for something a little different I, I recommend Hazy Little Thing. It's a cool little can and uh, not a tremendous buzz. It's not as high as the sevens. It's a six something, but I'm going to give it a seven, a 7.3, in fact. So I like the Hazy Little Thing. We're still we're still waiting for that eight pointer from Cousin Shane. I'm- yeah, it's, I mean, I've, I've, I'm waiting for a beer, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's not fair for these companies out here that, you know, my palate's not not you know whipped into shape yet we were talking the other day after we got off the pod you know it's like these i'm not to the point where i'm i'm picking up notes or anything like that man and i don't want to get that far in but i do with i i am looking for the perfect beer that i kill and it's just like man that's great beer and i got a good buzz that's gonna get my high rating this one, I, I I mean, it went smooth. Had to work on it a little bit, but that's why I gave it a, a, a higher rating than, than most of the ones I've done so far. Good beer. Well, hey, while Shane's out here rating beers, why don't you rate this podcast? If you haven't already, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star written review. We'll send you a beer koozie of your choice, free of charge. We got some new ones coming in the mail. 
set to come in. By the end of the week, we're going to be sending out photos of what those bad boys look like. But, uh, hey, I think that's going to do it, Chen. You got anything else? Mm, no, I think that's it, man. What is today? What is today? Tuesday? I think it's like, surely there's some sort of football tonight. I've been watching football every night. I don't think I could go a day without it. So I want to jump on here and see if uh, one of these iMac teams are playing or something. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining me, Shane. As always, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. iMac. That, that's a 